Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right, how are we? It's been a while. Oh, it has. It's been long a time long no while. see. It's been yeah. a very long time. How long has it been? Six weeks? It's about six weeks. Yeah, because we with the last recording we did was our the Southwest story where you two were up you lot were upstairs and I had <laughs> what we would call it our voice talent down here yes. in the office and we were all hung over from the hens oh. night the night before and so dusty. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'd be very interested to see whether that how that translated. Because yes, I, so I have I. to say, I, was, I can't remember much of it except being very tired. Yeah, and I think being I had to give you courage all, to get back on it. Yeah. yeah, I had to give you hydrolytes. Um, you did before mm. we started because we were yeah. all a bit, uh, yeah, a bit dehydrated. And yeah, but then we had the wedding, and that was good. And then I had a couple more weeks of my guests, and then I went on my honeymoon, which I got back from last weekend and promptly fell ill with something that feels like COVID, but according to all of the plethora of rat tests I've taken is not COVID. Uh, but I'm on the mend to, and so I'll just give you my little heads up. I uh, did some gardening. So, Swanee, the deck now has some petunias and pansies. Oh, and nice. Some pots, yes. Lovely. And I planted six rose bushes at the front of the house too. So I've, I've been busy uh, doing nice. homemaking today. You did that today or you did that while you're, this week? While today. You're oh, no, I was too sick to do it. And what about you, Swanee? Any news? I'm just trying to think. Uh, it's been such a long time since I've seen and spoken to you guys, but so much and so little has happened at the same time. I was very busy shortly thereafter because we, mm. we went and went to another wedding in Sydney and we were just high on love. It's really <laughs> lovely to go to some weddings. Having not been to a single wedding in, I think, 10 years, we went to three in four weeks. Wow. And uh, wow. it was it was really nice. And I just Your wedding was absolutely gorgeous. Thank you so much for having us. It was such a fun time. But I don't know, something very genuine and lovely and I was just very touched to be part of it and I came back feeling all buoyant. So... I'm pleased that um, oh, I'm pleased that you got married. Oh, look, I loved chat. it, but I had the worst bout of post-show blues afterwards. I would expect that. Oh, after when you did left it? When did it non- come in? Well, after everyone left. When you left, and then no on the Monday when I took Nick and Helen. I think it was Monday or Tuesday oh, when I took Nick yeah. and Helen to the um, airport. Airport. That was what I was like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was so miserable. <laughs> I anyway. thought that you might have been able to stave that off a little bit longer just because you had it was just a oh, we, season yeah. that I, I don't I'm so, I cannot believe how well your, how good your time is. I'm so pleased that you got ill this week because yeah. you have basically had I don't know if it was five intense weeks it was of yeah. guess wedding, guess honeymoon. I mean yeah. I know the honeymoon you don't think is intense, but you don't want to be sick on your honeymoon, right? No, no. And I just kept thinking, I don't know how that no. woman can keep up with hosting <laughs> and drinking and And I did, I got, went back to work for a week in the middle of it too. Oh did yeah. you? Oh, did yeah, you? yeah. Oh well. Oh, Keeps your honest right. love. Oh, it does. Had to earn the money so I could spend yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well well done you. What Thank about you, you boys? 
Yes, we did have a wonderful time at the wedding too. It was, a hoot. Uh, it was very, very good. Like Schmitty, we've been sick for about a week, and today, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday we spent it on the couch the whole day. Today was the first day we've started to feel a bit more normal, and so uh, we got stuck into some, some domestic chores as well. So I made quince jelly, and then oh, I've got yum. some quince paste uh, finishing off at the moment. And Your big... domestic duties sound much more glamorous than mine. Really? Yeah. Mine's like trying to change the sheets of stinky teenage boys <laughs> and just, ugh, you know, that's... That's domestic duties, please. Well, you know, like we've done, we've done three loads of washing. You said like your Maggie beer. Stuart's vacuumed the house, and yeah, yeah. So I mean, there is a. I'm telling you the glamorous ones, oh, not the not the boring ones. And we did a bit of gardening as well, so that was nice. Yeah, and so here we are, trying not to cough during a podcast. Appreciate oh, it. Me too. And I've ordered an apricot tree. And oh. a fruiting cherry. I'm going to put those in when they oh, come nice. in. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Right. Well, who are we? I'm Schmitty. I think I'm still Swanee. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Clarky. And together we are Trial, Trial by, by wine. wine. And what are we drinking? Well, <laughs> Swanee, do you want to go? <laughs> uh. uh I'm drinking um, Coke. The usual. Yeah. The usual. Nice. Nothing exciting. What about you guys? Surely something wonderful. We're having a cold Sangiovese, which is one of the ones that we make. Mm. So it's called Big Red Duck and it's very delicious. Mm. Now the big question is going to be, what's Schmidt going to be drinking? Are you still on the mothers or are you now like a footloose and fancy free back on all the... Exciting stuff. Chutney. It's funny you should say that because um, obviously, you know, Crazy. as you say, it was a six-week thing and I'd starved and starved and starved <laughs> before the wedding just trying to get into that dress. When we actually got to the day of the wedding, I think I had gained about a kilo and a half because I'd had two weeks of Nick and Helen being over and, you know, drinking. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd been completely, well, not completely, but mostly on the wagon. Of course, I thought I'm oh, definitely going to gain on the again on the honeymoon and I did. I put a couple of kilos on. So I was four kilos heavier than my lightest pre-wedding weight. Yep. This cold or whatever it is, I've lost three what? kilos in a week. Awesome. Time really? Really? Same. Same. I don't know why, yep. but I've just dropped weight. And Tony just said to eating. me this morning, no, I've been eating. But wow. he just said, oh. what a gift. Not tons. Maybe no. that's the difference because when I was on the cruise, it was like, oh, you know, every yeah, meal's yeah. a three-course meal. Yeah, Correct. yeah. Yep. It's a miracle I only put on two kilos, frankly. So I'm going back to one of my favourites being oh, a mango chutney. Mango yes. chutney. Yes. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's like podcasting with an old friend. It is, and it's less dangerous than um, pirate juice, uh, as we know. All right, so who's got a story for us today? Well, I reckon I have. Woo-hoo, Yay. Woo-hoo. So I thought I'd start this one off by telling you how I found it because people often say to me you know where do you find your stories <laughs> me and yeah 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 and um but just before you go on I do want to say I, I found it so entertaining the two of you responding to fans so for our listeners oh. uh, at the wedding we had a few people who listened to our podcast and they hadn't met Swanee and Clarkey and so I had people come up to me at various points saying, which one's Swanee, which one's Clarkie? So I was like, oh, come on, I'll introduce you. So I'd take them over and this pair of 
uncomfortable newly found celebrity the two of you were like oh my god this is so awkward it was it was really weird wasn't it like people I hadn't met coming up to me telling me how much they love you and you're like what (laughs) do you know who my favorite one was Uh, I think it might have been Rex's husband but yeah go on Matt your mum oh my god I I was ready to give it all up she scared me so much. I recorded it. For everyone who wasn't there, um, Schmidt's mum came up to both Swanee and I independently and absolutely attacked us for doing a shit podcast. It's all rubbish. <laughs> and, and she just went on and on and on. So I got my phone out and recorded it. She's but, never been a fan. That's true. No, yes. that's and it was, it But was she also such... doesn't listen to it. So no. it's not from a position of any, you know, fact. She just... She's just decided it's a dumb thing. She doesn't like social media. She doesn't like anything. Podcasts are evil. It's all evil as far as she's concerned. But what yeah. did the recording say? I haven't been able to listen to the whole thing. Because have- she, she didn't actually approach me. I approached her and I walked over to introduce myself. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Schmidt. I'm not sure if you recall um, meeting me before, but I met you many years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, she looked at me and then she just didn't say anything. And then she goes, oh. <laughs> You're involved in that awful podcast. And I, I didn't know what to say. I was like, oh, I don't normally offend people. So I just stood there and I went, yeah, yes. okay. Um, and I can't remember who. Someone was sitting next to her. I can't remember who it was, somebody I knew. And I just went, yeah, all right then. And uh, I just walked off. I didn't know what else to say. I was so like, she just stopped me in my tracks. And then you imagine you were growing up and living with oh, that. Oh, jeez, yeah. it scared yeah. me. And so <laughs> then I couldn't hear what you recorded throughout the wedding because it was obviously too loud. And then when I finally prepared myself, like braced myself to listen to it, I started to listen to it. I thought, oh, my God, I can't listen to it. I can't listen to it. <laughs> I can't handle the criticism. So I've still never really listened to it. <laughs> so, so funny. I ended up trying to encourage her to come on and do an episode That's with right. us That's so right. she could yeah, tell we, everyone how shit it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten about mum having a crack at the two of you. (laughs) Apologise for that. It was hilarious. (laughs) Oh, it was gold. I'm used to her, so it didn't bother me. True, true, true. You thought it was the funniest thing. Every time she walked past and you were in her vicinity, you were like, so, Bernadette, you're coming on the podcast, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Winding her up. It was very Yeah, Paul, come here. Yeah, it was good fun. Anyway, so that's not how the podcast story came to be. But you'd recall um, a while back I did a story about Bronwyn Richardson who was yep. from Corowa and murdered yes. in Albury. Yes, I did. Yes. And Very sad. as you research those things, you know, you, you start off with a certain um, search term and then you go through and, and look at other ones just to see if you can get a different angle on the same story and all that kind of thing. So anyway, at some point I must have been Googling Albury murder or something like mm. that. Which, of course, um, when you Google that, pops up with far more about a bloke named Andy Albury than it does about Bronwyn Richardson. That's how I found this story. And the bit that got me, uh, you might recall uh, episode four, we did Australia's female Hannibal mm-hmm. Lecter. Good yeah, old Katie well, Knight. Yeah, Katie Knight. Andy Albury is Australia's Hannibal Lecter. Oh. And, and I'm going to tell, tell you why. My sources are the NT News, classic for good story input, right. The Age, The Daily Mail, and News.com. Carla, there will be a point in this story where I'm going to ask you to remove your headphones. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly learning at 
episode, whatever <laughs> this is. 81, 81. Yeah, 81, there you go. <laughs> that I have a threshold. Yeah, well, and also that there's something I can do to help you with that. Well, she, she so. says she has a threshold, but when you're not telling the story, she's madly she's Googling it. it and reading yeah, all about yeah. it herself. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> True fact. Rightio. So Andy Albury was born on the 20th of November in 1961. He never knew his father and lived with his mother and older brother. He described his first stepfather as a violent man who would give him harsh beatings. He spent most of his childhood on the Mornington Peninsula, about 70 kilometres southeast of Melbourne, for those who don't know, and had limited schooling. At some point during his childhood, uh, Andy came to the Territory and attended Nightcliff Primary School, where he was deemed uncontrollable. He was made a ward of the state and placed in Victoria's Tirana Youth Detention Centre. Oh, my mum... Mm, did she teach there? I think she taught there. Yeah, right. Arnie Beth definitely taught there. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. What did what did she teach? Read and write. Primary <laughs> read and write and pretty much. Read yeah. and write and arithmetic. Yeah. <laughs> Better ways to deal with your anger and frustration. Part. No, no. No. <laughs> but, you know, like in, in all corrections facilities Professor. there's education. Yeah. Socially anyway. acceptable ways to deal with people you don't like? No, it, they might that might have been uh, part of the curriculum, but I'm pretty sure Annie Beth was really just teaching literacy, numeracy, standard just the basics. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's disappointing. How to make a shiv. Yeah. 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 Well, no, I was thinking it would be more, <laughs> more about how not to do it. Yeah. So if you meet someone you don't like, rather than murdering them, you can just turn you can around. Talk your way. Yeah. Yeah. You can walk away. Yeah. 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 There are other options. He was made a ward of the state and placed in Victoria's Tirana Youth Detention Centre, which mm. has been labelled dangerous and unhealthy. Mm. At age 15, and I think we've heard some mm-hmm. stories about Tarana. So at 17, he started working on a cattle station in Western Australia. Mm. If nothing else, he gets around, I was right? going to say he moved around a lot, yeah. Ooh, jeepers. So the work ended after six months and Albury's life became quite transient. With short-term jobs on stations in roadhouses in Kununurra and Coobapiti in South Australia, he was a donkey shooter before joining the army in early 1981, aged 19. Is a donkey shooter a thing? Oh, I just assume they had a lot of feral donkeys. Donkeys, you know? and they were. Bit like I know it was a name for something else. A donkey like shooter. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it's not a really metaphor. Yeah, that's the metaphor. What? Yeah. what um, how many donkeys do you have to shoot to be known as a donkey shooter? More than one. Is it? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would say so because it. Just one could just be like an accident. But it'd still or... be a donkey shooter if he did one. No, oh, we'll no, no. That's a career. That's a career. One's like a fluke. If you do two, now you're a donkey shooter. So you're you saying if you shoot one donkey, it could just be a shooter and the donkey That's might right. be an accidental victim. That's right. Yeah, you're going for a kangaroo and you've got a donkey instead. Also, you're probably still a donkey shooter, no, just not no. a deliberate one. Okay. An accidental donkey shooter. Who knows? Anyway. Semantics. (laughs) (laughs) Albury described his year in the military as running around with an M60 machine gun. Hmm. They had me on Largactyl 2. They reckon I was a bit of a nutter, he said. Do they? (laughs) Do you know what Largactyl is used for? No, I don't know what it is. Right. Uh, Donkey tranquilizer. Yeah, donkey tranquilizer. No. (laughs) Is it a medication? Um, yeah, for severe depression and behavioural issues. Right. Maybe they shouldn't have given him an M60 as well. I know, right? Mm. I'll give you, we'll give you, for your behavioural issues, we'll give you a combination Just... of Largactyl and an M60. Yeah, that'll sort you. 
Mm. Goodness. But his personality traits were not lost on his superiors. Aubrey threatened to shoot one of his officers and was dishonorably discharged on the 7th of December 1981. So he's 20 years old. Mm. So nothing's even really gone very right up until that point. Well, well he's still, not living yeah. his best life yet. No, no. But it's all just a sort of a, a series of transient, yeah, non donkey shootings. And- Bit of disappointment. Just Metaphorical it. donkey shootings. But also being in that in Tirana at 15 yeah. is really bad. Why do I feel like the words donkey shooter are now going to be part of the trial by wine vernacular? They are going to go on for a <laughs> I while. I am nothing but a bloody donkey shooter. Donkey shooter, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, seen, oh. I've seen one, I've seen a... <laughs> what, a what a load of old donkey Don- shootings. <laughs> that screams donkey shooter. Yeah, that's right. I've never heard of it. Weird, I don't think it? it is a thing. So he spent time in Adelaide, Alice Springs, and travelled to Queensland before arriving in Darwin in late 1983. Goodness. Darwin, we're in now. Yeah, we're in Darwin. So we've gone around <laughs> Australia. Geography. I mean, I know you know the geography of this, yeah. But he, he's very So he's she's very, doing the dates steering, instead. He's steering clear of those sort of eastern states. So he's very much working, you know. Was it rural areas where he could shoot donkeys? Well, he was in yeah, Queensland. Out, 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 out. Oh, oh, sorry. On the east, but to, still to rural. Your, to your point, doesn't celebrate daylight savings, Swanee. <laughs> and that's where he had to draw a line. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So in 22 years of his life, Albury developed a hatred of Aboriginal people and started to believe in the ideals of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, oh jeepers. He admitted that when he was younger, he and his friends would chase Aboriginal kids and beat them with sticks. <sighs> He also expressed a dislike for Asians, wogs, and homosexuals. Wogs Everyone. Is his, wogs is his word, not mine, just so that. Yeah, and I'll just, I I'll, just, recently. I'll just remind our listeners that in our Australia, yeah, uh, in Australia the word wog is used to describe uh, European, recently arrived generally European people, generally from Greek, Italian, uh, European background. It does not mean a person of colour as it does in the UK. Yeah, that's very true. Actually. And it yeah. doesn't it come from like post World War Two immigration? Yeah, uh, because everyone but yes, was predominantly Southern European, yeah. not so. You know, it was. You're quite yeah. right. So Italians, Greeks, Yugoslavia, Maltese. You are right. considered. You're Central European, aren't you? Yeah, Eastern. and so Eastern, Eastern. Sorry. I'm Eastern European, and so, so you're I'm, not not a, a, I'm not actually technically a. No, world. you're not a world. No, you're no. not. But then it. it but it got to a point where when I was at high school that everyone who was first generation whose parents came from Europe, they just sort of, we all just talked about each other as wogs, but we weren't really. I'm not yeah. really. And I wasn't, but because I looked like one, I was called one and they changed my surname <laughs> to Carla Swansky. I was going to say Swansky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, which- However, this is going to really upset Donkey Shooter. In the summer... I used to go so dark that they used to say that as Aboriginal and used to write when they'd bully me like things like nulla nulla and say that I sniff petrol and all those awful derogatory things about Aboriginal. So I was I was a summertime Aboriginal and a wintertime wog. So all all bases covered. <laughs> you got it all done. You were so like Megan Markle. Nice I'm oh, one of those who pretend. Oh yeah. You know, but I just it was just what it was, wasn't it? Isn't that yeah. awful? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I got bullied in high school too. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, when I say that, everyone was copying it. And well, you know, obviously some people way more than me. But you know, yeah, that was that was my I was, lot. Yeah, and I was fat, and I was picked on for that too. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Got it. Just you check. were big bone, Schmidt. You were never fat. <laughs> I was fat. It's all right. <laughs> Call it like it is. 
Right. Okay. So my brother on. used to say, though she blows, the white whale. Wasn't he nice, my brother? Oh. St- <laughs> still is. <laughs> Sheep is. Right. Moving, right, moving on, on. on from all those hateful terms. Yeah. Gloria Pindan we're going to talk about now. So on November the 25th, uh, 1983, Aubrey went to the Vic Hotel where he drank jugs of rum. Schmitty, oh, no. Schmitty, you, you and he could have been drinking at the bar. Oh, you get a bit punchy. Is this in Queensland? Where's this? No, Darwin. Oh, so no Rum Sally. Rum Shirley. Rum Shirley, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah no Rum What's Shirley. That? Rum comes Shirley. From, comes from a very early episode, Paul tells the story of Rum Shirley. So Rum Shirley, um, back in the day when uh, I was doing my zoology degree, zoology degree yeah. we did turtle research. Yep. And turtle research was great, but... Rum Shirley lived on an island, I think it was an island, off the coast of Gladstone, or she maybe yeah. lived in Gladstone. Anyway, Magnetic Island or something? Yeah, no, maybe she lived in Gladstone, yeah. but, it, but she could have been on one of the islands off it. Anyway, yeah. she um, had no teeth. And she drank too much rum. <laughs> she, she used to get up in the morning and pour herself a rum and coke and she would drink rum and coke all day. My kind of lady. And yeah. so ended up having zero teeth. So right. yeah, that's the sugar from the coal. That's colon, right. I drink. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I drink Coke Zero, so I don't but, have. Yeah, that's, you'll, you'll never be rum Shirley for, <laughs> for cause, all cause rum, of reasons. Because <laughs> rum Shirley's teeth issue wasn't to do with the rum, but oh, certainly rum. Rum Shirley's personality was a lot to do with the rum <laughs> and oh. the cirrhosis of the liver. But yes, poor old rum Shirley. Mm. Oh well, you know she was living her best life. I don't know she was she wasn't she was happy evil enough. or nasty. Well, she'd she, been happy. Yep. Looking she was just rum Shirley. <laughs> right. So he drank rum like rum Shirley. Jugs of uh, drank jugs of rum. Just right. rum or ju- rum and coke. Well, I'm assuming rum and coke, given it was yeah. jugs, because yeah. jugs, jugs of rum. Exactly. I mean, one jug of rum would murder most people, but absolutely uh, jugs Flatten of rum. Yeah. yeah. So so let's go rum and coke. Okay, so upon leaving the pub, he headed down Mitchell Street in Darwin where he encountered Gloria Pindan, a local Indigenous woman. Uh-oh. Swanee, this is about your 20-second warning. So the, okay. the anti... Oh, it's going to happen quick. We, yeah, we do up the anti uh, slightly, <laughs> but then I'm going to have to get you to take them off. In what, in what is considered a random attack, Albury murdered Gloria Pindan, stabbing her 28 times with a broken bottle. He used the bottle to disfigure Miss Pindan and told police in brutal detail of how he killed her. Swanee, this is where you should okay. remove your headphones. Okay. <laughs> I'm out. I started to kick her and hit her and then I got one stubby beer bottle and started to cut her. After I finished cutting her, I pulled out her eye and left her there, he said. <laughs> what? Was only Swanee allowed to take off her headset? Because this is what you do for... Downtime after a stressful day at work. <laughs> Take out her eye. Uh-huh. Oh. Shmitty, when I tell Swanee to... I've got the sweat. Even when I was holding the... Um, I could hear the word eyes. I know what's happened. Oh, I've made I made it and I could see Shmitty's reaction. So You've I've taken a, a leap. When asked how he ripped her eye out, Aubrey responded, put my finger in the socket, twisted down the end of my finger and just give it a jerk. She was punched, kicked, slashed. Bruised, beaten, mutilated for no reason at all. The pathologist found multiple injuries caused Miss Pindan's death, expressing that no single blow was the fatal one. 
Okay. It was a long assault with death coming towards the end of the beating. Aubrey also said the killing was a pleasure. Imagine interviewing someone. Oh. Who's, I mean, based yeah. on the way you're acting, mm. the reactions and the bluntness with which he's been able to describe what he's done. And then from the fact, at the end of it, it, it's a yeah, pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. Where do, you, where do you go with that? Well, this was out in the open, just in the street. Yeah, 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 yeah in the street. Yeah. That's so he didn't even I, make an attempt to lure him down to the banks of the Brisbane River like well, yeah, um, yeah. the lesbian Wiggers. vampire. Wiggers. Yeah, Wiggers. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Stop yeah. it. You're just triggering Swanee even You more. are totally triggering me about Wiggers. <laughs> I was thinking about her the other day in the car. I was driving somewhere and it popped into my mind and I thought, oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember a bloody name, no. I, just I love like, the oh. fact you were thinking about someone we've never met. <laughs> I just the oh. thought just sort of came into my mind. I thought, oh, I hope that one. I hope she hasn't heard it yet. I'm just by myself some time. We've only had 41 listeners listen to that, so I wouldn't worry about it. They're all uh, the same yeah. people who came to the wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. After the killing, the drunken Aubrey put his bloodied shirt in a nearby bin and made his way to bed. Oh. He just left her body and left. Yeah. Yeah. Or took his shirt off because that was oh, all but, bloody. Okay. So no one, I, I thought someone might have seen it happen. They didn't. So he was just no, no. murdered yeah, yeah. her, put, tidied himself up a bit and has gone home to bed. Correct. Poor woman. Yeah. Wrong place at the wrong time. At this point, oh. I was hoping, given there had been some confession, this is the end of the story because, no. you know, he's done the job and he's not that bothered. I thought maybe he'd just get caught. I hope he's so. I I he he has... called Australia's Hannibal Lecter. I hope he hasn't ever been to it. I think that's enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not the eyeball removal that makes him Australia's Hannibal Lecter. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Jesus. Right. He's got to eat um, someone yet. I thought, he was, oh, I thought that might have been the end of it. No. <laughs> Hoping. Optimist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Gloria's body was found quickly, as was the bloodied cowboy shirt that he was wearing, and police began searching for the killer, looking for a ringer, for those of you who don't know, a stock worker with dirty jeans and a clean shirt or no shirt at all. That was what they had to go off. So uh, Detective Les Chapman and Sergeant Dennis Hart walked into um, Smith Street Mall looking for the person that might have done it. And apparently at the time they were both hung over. So mm, when, know, when you think about it. I feel. Yeah, I know, right? But imagine having to do this kind of a job hung over. It would be pretty rough. Mm. Anyway, they see a bloke who looks like a ringer and they ask him where he was last night. And he said he was at the Vic Hotel. They said to him, did you see a cowboy with a white silk shirt on? And he replied, yeah, there was one up there and he was drinking jugs of rum. Mm. So they headed to the Vic Hotel and lo and behold, there was a ringer with dirty jeans on and a clean shirt. So as it turns out, because it was Aubrey at the hotel again, as it turns out, he had lost his wallet. So he went to the police that morning to try to find his wallet, see if they had had his wallet handed in. They didn't, so he left. And then he went to the hotel to see if he could find it there. And whilst he was there, he thought, I might as well. So he uh, started having a drink. And he remembered what he'd done at this point. It's not like it was a disassociative fugue or something. Oh, no, no. He knew what he'd done. Yeah, yeah. And he was not bothered to go into the jail. Sorry, the jail. Sorry, the 
the yeah, police cop, station. The I cop know. shop to get his. Oh, how's that? Has anyone seen my license? Uh, I mean, you like, know, my, my how's wallet. That? What? Yeah. To be fair, I was murdering someone last night and thinking, oh. It was a bit frenzied. I might have dropped it on the way. Yeah, well, it was yeah. in front of my oh, idea yeah. that. Shit happens. <laughs> like, how's his fault? Swatty. Oh, my God. I just can't believe this guy. So Chapman and Hart sat him down to have a friendly chat about his whereabouts the night before. Aubrey told detectives he worked at the Bachelor Abattoir and had arrived in town two nights ago. Chapman asked if he was wearing the same clothes when he got into town and Aubrey said yes. Chapman pushed, are you sure you didn't have a different coloured shirt on? Aubrey then admitted to wearing a white silk cowboy shirt. He was taken down to the police station for questioning where the detectives noticed he had dried blood behind his ear. <laughs> like, he's just oh not the God. sharpest tool in the shed at all. The guys, the um, detectives were joking about how they were kind of going, my God, how are we going to find this bloke? And it literally turned out to be the easiest catch it's, they've um, ever. It's insane. It's like, what's the population at this point? Three? Yeah, I know. Right? Right? Oh, it must be that guy. Was <laughs> it you? It wasn't me. Oh, it's got to be you then. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, there was a guy in a white silk shirt. Yeah, he was drinking yeah, yeah. rum. Yeah, At yeah. the Vic Hotel. What are the didn't chances? Know it's, yeah, yeah, like Maybe at the time, population-wise, the chances were high that people would have noticed that. Like now, if I went out to, I wouldn't notice anything, you know. You'd be too drunk. I'd be drinking jugs of rum. (laughs) Who'd be noticing you? (laughs) So shortly after, Albrecht confessed to killing Gloria Pindan. He described the killing and when he asked why he did it, he said, it doesn't worry me what I kill, they're all blood and guts on the inside. Oh, God. Right. Oh, fair enough. Maybe that's a donkey shooting reference, Swanee. Who knows? Well, he's working in an abattoir too, so he's killing things all the time. Yeah. 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 I've been shooting donkeys since I was a little boy. <laughs> it's not American. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I've been shooting donkeys since I was little. He's not British either. No, he sounds more ethnic. That wasn't a British accent. It was oh, more ethnic. That, that was, was more a... ethnic. Yeah. Really? Jeez. Western yeah, European? No. <laughs> no, no. It's more Southern. Swanee knows what I was doing. I know what you're doing. It's going yeah, back to those South Australians yeah, on the boat. Right <laughs> I was thinking about you all the time when you're on the cruise, wondering who you're running into and how you, how you're keeping yourself tidy and safe. I took all the photos of the cameras. There were yeah. there were quite a few CCTV cameras. I can I can attest to that. Yeah. Did you like interview anyone on on board the boat just to you know anyone who's in charge? What kind of crimes do you have? And you know, no, no, I didn't. Because but at one point I turned to Tony in front of her server and said, "Now don't get murdered." And the guy, the oh. server, looked at me like I was an absolute freak. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Chapman spent about seven hours with Albrecht inside a small interview room at the cop shop bringing him coffee and pies. He noted this lad has got some big feet on him and he started swinging those feet towards me. He got the Ian Thorpe feet and I was starting to get weary of him. What year is this? It's before uh, in thought. the 80s. Yeah. They, they, they must be he's, he's, he's recalling, oh, recalling many yeah, years what later. happened. Right. But, yeah, yeah, correct. Sorry. Boy. Yes. Right, okay. Yeah. Psychic. <laughs> so when, when, imagine that if you knew that. Wow. When Dennis came back in, I went and made some coffees and he later slipped me a piece of paper that said, 
don't you leave me alone with this chap again. Oh, God. Okay. Oh. When he went back there to get him to read the transcripts and sign them, Aubrey pulled a biro on him. Ah! She's out. And put it right next to his eye. You don't need to be out for this, though. I would have told you if you needed to be. I would Did have he told him you. with it? No, it didn't hurt him. Oh, it didn't oh, hurt him. It just threatened oh. him with it. I love oh. how you took your headphones off. And then the first minute you put them back on, the first thing you come back with is, did he puncture in with it? <laughs> well, that's what I thought <laughs> then, we had it. Yeah, I know, but so I take it off so I don't have oh. to hear it. Then I'll ask it just in case it did happen. I said, point taken, point taken. <laughs> yes. So he held the biro about a centimetre away. All Chapman could do to protect himself was bugger all. He was that quick and he just said to him, Chappie, I like you. And Chapman mm. said, uh, in retrospect, he only had to push it and he could have killed me. So I'm glad he liked. So Aubrey was jailed for life and has since been declared a dangerous man who should never be released from prison. In 2001, legislation was changed, which, which saw an end to indefinite sentences for murder and entitled Aubrey to a default non-parole period of 20 years. At that point, he'd spent 18 years in prison. So he actually oh, could have. No. But the then Director of Public Prosecutions, Rex Wild QC, made sure that never happened, applying to the NT Supreme Court for Albury to remain in prison for the rest of his natural life. Justice Martin granted the application on November the 12th, 2004, almost 21 years after the killing. The now retired judge was inundated with psych report after psych report all of them indicating one thing, this man was a danger to the community. Mm-hmm. So Aubrey is now, let's say, 61 years old and had been in jail since he was 21. This, I'm going to tell you a little bit about his prison life because, of course, he is Australia's Hannibal Lecter and one killing does not make. Mm. He's been busy inside, has he? Sushi. He was segregated <laughs> from <laughs> too far. He was segregated from other inmates while in Darwin's maximum security B block. In 1988, he attacked a fellow inmate, John Michael Knox, putting a garden hoe through his head. Oh, what? This is like something out of the stories they tell you in um, Port Arthur. Yeah. Of, you know, historic. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Why does a man like that have a garden hoe available to him? And if he has it, why would you put it through John Michael Knox's head? Well, instead of just anyone else's. Well, have a guess. Why Why did it? Cause of... Was he Indigenous? I'm not sure. Homosexual? Not sure. Jewish? Not sure. Not and sure it's... if he was Asian or a wog. <laughs> Asian, Southern <laughs> European. Yeah. Yeah, made delicious food. I'm not sure. No, so it wasn't nothing to do with any of that as far as I can tell. Oh, actually, I do know something about him, but that wasn't why he did it. Just gave any, other, any other guesses? Maybe. Swanee, any guesses? No, no. Did he just to be there? When they were watching TV. He wasn't was raking he? the leaves correctly? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate when people don't rake the leaves correctly. Did you say it was yeah. a hoe? Like a, it's enough yeah. to make me want to put a hoe through not, their head. <laughs> not a skanky hoe, like a garden hoe. No, a garden hoe. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. was he on work duty out in the garden? Or? I'm assuming that's how he had got... Uh, in touch with the garden hoe, but but Aubrey claimed uh, deceased the Doors singer Jim Morrison ordered him to spill blood. Oh, oh, oh of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I knew that was coming. I forgot yeah. about that. Oh, right, right. Yeah. 
So when asked why he attacked the prisoner, Albury replied, because Jim told me to. He talks to me. He tells me to do things. I'm pretty happy for the moment. He's letting me sleep on the bed. Usually he makes me sleep on the floor. Like, do they share the bed? What's going on there? Did the other gentleman die? Mm, uh, Has well, it a guess? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it didn't, didn't say, but I'm assuming yes. Mm. Okay. Um, oh, sorry, no, he didn't. When asked if he bashed Knox because he was a child molester, he said, <laughs> sure, I didn't like him because he was a child molester, but that's not the reason for it. I had to get him for Jim. Jim's getting old. He wanted some blood to preserve his youth. Oh, okay. Oh, God. So he was found not guilty, Swanee, of attempted murder on the grounds of insanity. Insanity. Okay, so it starts to change. Can I just confirm? So 83 was when he murdered the woman in the street. Yep, Gloria. Yeah. Gloria, that's it. And then how many years later was this, did you say? In 1988, so five years later. So five years he's gone from being just a blunt, that's what I've done, and now there's another side that he's sort of starting to introduce which would suggest now he's gone Fully nuts, kind of. Wow. I think that's the technical term for it, fully nuts. There may be more that I need so, to tell I apologize you. Oh, yeah, no, fully nuts. Understand. That's why he's on um, Largactyl. Okay. Remember when he was in the army? He's been fully But you know what I mean? But when he, when he killed the woman, he didn't say that it was voices or whatever else. He was just like, no, 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 I didn't. Yeah, no, that's correct. Yeah, he did yeah, it because he didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah but they, remember the army thought he was a bit yes. of a nutter? Maybe his, nutter, <laughs> no, his nutterism nuts. is growing. Yeah, yeah. It's not a quotient. Yeah. <laughs> so he was then moved to Alice Springs Prison. At the prison, despite being in the maximum security section, he was allowed to attend a friendly cricket game where he was handed cricket. Oh, no. <laughs> this, this, is, this is the bit that this to me. This is so dumb. The Benny Hill This bit. is the bit that reminds me of Hannibal Lecter, right? Not, not for any other reason than just, oh, I've got a bat. So he subsequently attacked another inmate with the bat, striking him in the head. The victim was sitting nearby playing chess. Minding his own business, yeah. Oh, one might call this foreseeable. <laughs> <laughs> like, except that he's been moved, so maybe they don't know how bad he is, but it's they just must. That, that Hannibal opportunity. Like, I've got a bat. I mean, I could play I cricket or I could just <laughs> whack someone. Who's around? Oh, this guy, yeah. Bash. He's yeah. not looking whack. Yeah. The blow cracked his skull. This mm. attack was, oh, so, um, yeah, the blow cracked his skull. So guess why he did this one? Looked at him funny. No. No, he didn't look at him. Didn't, uh, uh, cricket, I don't know, just because he was there. Well, more or less, but it wasn't Jim Morrison. It was a message from TV's Don Beach. Who Who's that? was a corrupt cop from the bill. Oh, my gosh. Oh, crazy. a fictional yeah, yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> okay. So so a fictional character <laughs> came to life and actually told me that I had to do this. Aubrey got an extra four months jail for spitting in the face of Alice Springs prison officer Joseph Barber. He's sent death threats written in blood and ink to territory ministers, including the then Correctional Services Minister Eric Poole and predecessors Mike Reed and Don Dale. How is this allowed to get out, written in blood? I don't know. He's also threatened the life of a prison guard. In another bizarre twist, Albury told an Alice Springs court a steel plate had been implanted in his head at birth and magnets <laughs> in the sky would travel in square patterns, giving the plate directions. Those magnets told him to burn his prison cell, so he did. <laughs> magnets. 
Yeah, yeah, magnets. Okay. And he was subsequently convicted of property damage. I shouldn't laugh. Obviously, this is severe mental health. Aubrey has been diagnosed with psychopathic personality disorder. (laughs) One psychiatrist diagnosed him with schizophrenia, but that has been disputed by others. So you might go, that doesn't really make him Hannibal Lecter. Who's he eating? Yeah, come on. There's no evidence of eating Schmitty, which is oh. disappointing because that is, that is potentially <laughs> one of the criteria that you would use. But in 2014, the Daily Mail reported that Albury has allegedly admitted to at least 11 murders and is a prime suspect for a total of 14. It was reported that he allegedly confessed to a killing spree along Queensland's desolate Flinders Highway between 1970 and 1982. At least 11 people disappeared from that stretch of road during that time period, including hitchhiker Tony Jones. Jones vanished without a trace on the night of November the 3rd, 1982, while walking along the Flinders Highway, last seen in Anthill Creek, known as Townsville's Killing Fields. Nice. About 26 kilometres out of town. He was the last to go missing on that stretch of road. Queensland police reopened the 32-year investigation after Aubrey's confession, which led detectives to the abattoir where he used to work in Outback Hewenden. 1,400 kilometres northwest of Brisbane. Stuart Christensen, who now owns the abattoir, said someone could have been easily killed, chopped up and fed to the pigs without anyone noticing. You'll never find a body or DNA, he told the Times. There are old pits full of bones all over that ridge line. Some of the other victims during that time include the body of Catherine Graham, 18, found raped and slain on the highway in 2007, In October 1978, Karen Edwards, Gordon Twaddle and Timothy Thompson were found shot in the head near Mount Isa, about 250 kilometres west of Julia Creek. Hitchhikers Robin Boyneville Bartram, 18, and Anita Cunningham, 19, also disappeared along the Flinders Highway several decades ago. Robin was shot twice in the head and her skeletal remains were found west of Charters Towers in July 1972. Anita was listed as missing. Police believed she was killed with her friend, so they never found her. Jeepers. Police also found the bodies of Mackay sisters Judith, seven, and five-year-old Susan along the highway. Both were found to have been sexually abused. It was reported that due to his mental state, Albury hasn't been charged with these murders. Although from what I could read, there also seemed to be insignificant evidence. And so I'm going to wrap it up with a guards report. News.com reported that one of the prison guards who worked alongside Albury said the following about him. When he gets in one of these moods that can last for six months or two years, you can't let him near other prisoners or he'll, he's likely to grab the first thing he can and try to kill someone, the guard said. Is that a mood? Well, you know, is that just life? If it goes for two years, it's... Is it a phase you know, or is it a mood? Is it, or is it just you life? Know? I don't know. Like, always a big bloke, but when he doesn't get his own way... His behaviour quickly descends into that of a small toddler. Perhaps I haven't seen too many small toddlers murdering people, but his standard method of protest is to strip off nude. He'll be naked in his cell constantly, and then the next thing he'll do is throw all of his clothes down the toilet and flush. Uh, sorry, and flood his cell. We can say throw all his toys out of his pram. Yeah, yeah. He'll use his feces to write on the walls. He's been doing it for years and years. He doesn't have a TV because he keeps smashing them during his tantrums. The NT News has previously reported 
Albury asked prison officers at Darwin Correctional Centre if he could watch Thriller The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> he even borrows one of the lines from the film in an attempt to degrade female guards. And that, my friends, is the story of Andy Albury, Australia's Hannibal Lecter. With uh, all these other murders that we think... Yeah that he's done and the lack of evidence. Why, why do we – has he admitted to any of those? He admitted to all to 11 of them and there were – But do um, we he's believe su- him? He's suspected he also of, thinks that Jim Morrison – He's suspected yeah. of 14. No, no, Jim Morrison is just a, a throwaway as to why he murdered someone or not try, tried to murder someone. But did, did someone go to him with a list and went, here's a list, he went, yeah, I've done them all. Sure, or did no, he, no. exactly. Or is it the other way around where he's volunteered information and said – do you know what? You might want to go and have a look about at a crime with two young girls. Yeah. And, yeah. Did he do that? It's interesting. So, I mean, it's funny we were talking about this before. There's not a lot of information no. on him. For someone who has apparently done as much as he has, there's very little evidence or even conversation around it. You know, there's a couple of articles. I've never heard of him, yeah. But but he's suspected of 14. He's admitted to 11, so... But I think that's where the difference in this crime... We never seem to be in this situation where horrendous crime committed, he admits it, it's solved immediately. Yeah. Because he's basically gone, yeah, I did it. I'm not going to give you some big backstory or whatever else. I didn't like that person. I'm, you know, horrendously racist. I killed them. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's no exploration of all the things that sit behind that, get you to that point. It's just black and white, then goes to prison. Yeah. So all this other stuff that we're talking about sits, you know, adjacent to that, which may or may not have been attributed to him. So it's very difficult to get any, you know, colour on any of these stories or connections. You know what I mean? We're just sort of left with what they know, which is, yeah, I killed them and I've done some crazy shit yeah. And so bearing in mind he was born at the end of 1961 and the Flinders Highway had a lot of murders between 1970 and 1982. Like he's he's doing those murders from just over eight to 20. Need to get my maps out. Sorry, Flinders Highway. Yeah, so it's. Where does it run from? Northern Queensland. Queensland, right. Let's have a look. Flinders Highway. Surely he wasn't murdering people at the age of eight. What? No, no. So what I'm saying is yeah. that it was young, right? So, so let's assume he didn't do the ones in 1970 or even anywhere near then. Hmm. He's done them, perhaps so is between. The Flinders High- Sorry, Ghost Funny. Does Flinders Highway not run coastal? It runs from the coast across Queensland, does it? Is that what I'm understanding? To Mount Isa, actually. Lazy. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Maybe, sorry. But, no, because that's a, that would be a really isolated place, wouldn't it, if you think but about it? But that's where I was, it is. I was thinking about there on the eastern well, seaboard, right? It's, it's almost not, it's, an Ivan Malat type story, you know? Yeah, like if he's, it feels mm, like correct. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there, were, there were parallels. places and, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go, Townsville and, yeah, and then it Ivan Malat is so famous and I've never heard of yeah. this guy. But, but Ivan Milat's only recently famous, right? And if you go back to how long But ago, I thought that was because they hadn't discovered the remains until, like, uh, I think they went, well, I could be wrong, but I feel like they found a body in the Belangelo Forest and then they found more and more and more, whereas... I, I think there were a whole lot of people who were abducted along the, the highway, but I think it wasn't until, was it Peter Falconio? Um, yeah. That that somebody actually provided enough evidence that linked to them being able to find someone. So there was a lot of instances where 
people reported a piece or another piece, but none of it actually led to a particular person. And I think it was then that they started to go, oh, hang on a minute, we might have someone here. But Andy... This Andy Aubrey didn't kill Peter Falconio. No, no, I'm talking about Ivan Malat. <laughs> he didn't kill Peter Falconio either. Did he not? Ivan Malat. No, am I getting Ivan confused? Ivan Malat's the Belangolo State Forest in New yeah. South Wales. He, he was Correct. a backpacker killer. Yeah. <laughs> I got confused just then. No, Peter Falconio's murderer was some bloke who was extradited, I think, from South Australia back to Northern Territory to stand right. trial for it. and. In the UK, they made out that his poor girlfriend or fiance was actually done it and mm. she hadn't. Yeah, no, yeah. no, they're not related. Ivan Milat killed, and graphically and horrifically, and we'll cover it at some point, a whole bunch of backpackers in New South Wales. And um, he was actually part of the inspiration for that horrendous film that I can't unsee, yeah, yeah. Wolf Creek. Yeah. Yeah. But but was it, there was uh, mustn't have been Peter Falconia, but there was. I'm sure the last one that he killed was the one who gave. Sorry, the one he tried to kill got away and gave evidence that linked back to a couple of key points that others Possibly. had given. Yeah, Possibly. Because yeah. there was a guy who got away from Ivan Millet. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And yep. then they went, oh, there was that car which was back right, then right. and there was a number of those things. Right, right. They connected um, it. But, yeah, but, yeah. But back to this guy, like what connects him to these murders? Like, Well, no, no, so and, this, and this is the And do you even believe him when he says, yes, I did it? Because he says random shit, you know, like he's definitely got mental health issues. So I guess what I'm saying is that if he did do it, he probably did it between the age of, you know, let's say 15 and 20 or thereabouts. He's been in prison since he's 21. Right. So did, do I think he killed the people that I spoke about? I would find it hard to believe. Mm. But it, it doesn't surprise me that the killing of Gloria was not his first one. No, I can understand, I can believe that he's killed other people. I just think that that list, maybe not, because, you know, when you say from 15, at 15 he was in Tirana and then he was in other places yeah, physically yeah. other places that we know about, which we're nowhere near where these people But it doesn't living. take that long to kill 11 people, particularly back in <laughs> remote Australia. Oh, yeah, no, I suppose. You yeah. know, like yeah. I, I, I could absolutely see a point where he did that. And I think, you know, the... the oh, I believe he killed other people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, the thing about the cricket bat where I just go, God, even in prison, he gets a cricket bat to play cricket and just goes and cracks someone on the head. And and there were um, I was saying this to Swanee before when you were off. There were there's a headline that says you know I was waiting for the right weapon. He, he literally it, it's almost like he lives his life waiting for the next kill kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's what you see in prison. There's there's yeah. a whole lot of time where there's very very little known about him. He's suspected of fourteen murders and he's admitted to eleven. But I just don't think there's any evidence, and I don't think the police can go to court and say he said he did these 11 therefore he's guilty because I think to your point Schmidt he says a whole lot of things yeah so he's almost in a position where no one can get him for it but but do I think he may have done that absolutely I I, I think he's full of hate the the way he talks about people the way I mean god he's He's put a biro to the eye of a he's bloke. He's deeply unwell, yeah. When he's being interviewed, that's how confident he is to kind of go, I could kill you. That reminded me of the story of Ed Kemper when he was in with the FBI agent. 
yeah. and the guards yeah, didn't yeah. show up and the and he that FBI agent was bricking it knowing that yeah, he could yeah. kill him so easily. Yeah. Exactly that. Could have just broken him with his hands. Kind yeah, of yeah, because he was a massive guy, yeah. He yeah. was, yeah. Big head. <laughs> so I, I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, there's there's nothing to prove that he did do them, but you could certainly understand if he's not them, killed eleven others numerous yeah. times before. He's a donkey shooter, right? We, <laughs> we discussed this right at the start. He shoots donkeys, whatever that metaphor is, Swanee. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's um, Australia's animal lector is a bit over the top, though, isn't it? Well, he hasn't <laughs> eaten anyone. I guess the the bit that. That I most thought <laughs> reminded me of Hannibal. He hit some with a cricket bat. Yeah, that, that, I'm sure that he doesn't even no, like Chianti. Hannibal, I know, right? Where the father beans? Does not does not a what does not a Hannibal like to make us? Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, how many donkeys does one have to shoot to become Australia's Hannibal Lecter? <laughs> Well, at least exactly there was a little bit of cannibalism with Catherine Knight, you know, like yeah, yeah, she, but there she was close dabbled. to the title, like, like yeah. I'm sure, sure we've have we have. This I mean, guy's no real come contender. On, where's our national pride? I mean, come yeah. on, we've got to have. He's not going to cut it for me. Cannibal somewhere in Australia. Some I know. I think that's more Hannibal Lecter type person. I'm glad we've got there naturally because one of the things I was <laughs> going to say is where do you sit on him being Australia's Hannibal Lecter? Um, no, no, I don't no. think he's not. Not even a contender. I don't no. think quoting. Um, uh, sorry, asking to see the movie and then quoting a line makes that because I've asked to watch the movie. And I've You've quoted, quoted lines line from the movie. More often than I like to. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. haven't killed nobody. Oh, but as so soon as you move to the prison, I'm thinking, here we go. This yeah, is where yeah. he's, got a, he's going to be a sous chef. He's going to eat like someone. <laughs> yeah. There's literally no eating. So, yeah. No, I think that's just a media nonsense. Game. See, Bernadette a media was right. No- oh, I know, right? Media nonsense. It's as soon as you said it, I thought you were bleeding your mum. <laughs> nonsense. He's proof, Dar. What else do you think? I was just having a little look at um, this Flinders Highway, which now I've got I'm obsessed with, because at one point you said something about the killing fields. Was that yeah. outside Townsville? Outside right. Townsville, yeah, yeah. Correct. So the Flinders Highway runs from Townsville to Mount Isa, and it's 775 k's, and it just sort of goes across, not not the top bit of you know um, yeah, yeah. Queensland, but the bit before the point cross. Yeah. Yep. And it's horrendous how many people have been killed there. But I don't know that the time really works in conjunction with him, if I'm honest. Yeah. So I think you could sort of park that. I think that feels like that's also a bit of a, a stretch. I don't know that he was able to do all of that. And remember, he'd also been in WA in Victoria. He he was a travelling man. But that's not to say that he hasn't done lots of other things elsewhere, but I don't have any evidence of that. So I, I can't really speak to that. He was just simply donkey shooting at the time. <laughs> <laughs> is that like spitballing I, or you know, the donkey shooting? So, so I don't know what what crime that is, but you know, if, if you're a donkey, you're a donkey shooter, I think you think that's you're a, a pretty big crime. Yeah. yeah. My biggest issue is, you know, if I if I sort of park who he is and what his own persona is and what you know his belief system is, which is clearly beyond troubled, it's when he's been then taken into custody and how they have kind of not really been able to ring fence him sufficiently mm. or they go, oh, well, we've moved you to the prison, but it's a friendly game of cricket. Come on down. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
it doesn't quite add up to me if he's so feared and so so, before, so blatant. It was imminently a, foreseeable yeah. that if you gave Correct. him a cricket bat, he'd yeah. try to kill someone with so it. So I, I have to say Give him a garden hoe. He'll try and kill someone. To protect the, the guards and the other inmates, I mean, the system is not doing that. The system has allowed him to be exposed to other people and, you know, clearly potential weapons and things. It's, it's concerning. Back then, I, I just think that the, the way that he was treated in prison is probably normal for the time. And I don't think they would have been going, God, he behaved badly there, therefore we need to ring fence him or do something different. They'd probably just go, I suspect you're right. We'll move him and elsewhere. I think, I think you sort of alluded to this before, which is sort of it was such a different time. And we, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, I think we're in a similar situation, but. Growing up in suburban Australia in the 80s would have been a far cry from pretty much anything, as you say, that happened outside of a, a city. Yeah, so yeah. So you could only imagine the stuff that went on and certainly somewhere as remote as Western Australia, Northern Territory, Alice Springs, you know, remote Queensland, it would have been just it could, if you were being opportunistic or whatever else, imagine the stuff that went on that you that they'll never solve, that they'll never know. How many people were taken off the street? We know when everyone was hitchhiking. Yeah, yeah. There were no no satellites. There was no one tracking every move, every phone call, every sort of. It was you just were out there, and you were out and out there in the outback, the bush. It really, really is that it was, and you know, and that wasn't, and that wasn't necessarily in the center of Australia. That was outside hubs of you know, not necessarily cities, but towns and whatever else. Once you got out there, you're out there. Yeah. You know, when you're yep. travelling around, you're lucky. You know, we used to travel a fair bit when I was very young, just mainly through New South Wales and Queensland, lots of car trips. Yeah. And, you know, it'd get to a point where we'd be driving for hours, you wouldn't see a soul and you'd be lucky if there were street, you know, lights and whatever Even else. now, right? Really. Even now. Desolate. Like, so yep. when we had the English people over um, yep. and I took them up to Ilden, they couldn't believe yep. how long you would be driving yep. before you saw we- a property to another, you know, like that. Yes. And I'm yep. not, we, we, you know, I'm not in the Pilbara, you know, I'm not no. somewhere really remote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Melbourne to Ilden is not, in my mind, particularly remote. You know, if you broke down, walk a couple of hours and you'll find someone yeah, that's not yeah. that remote. But yeah. to them they were like, jeepers, you know, this is there's so much land here. You know, like there's, yeah. there's so much open, un, not unused, but, you know, uninhabited land. So yes. and. Time set by a bazillion because we're talking about a period of time where the population was a lot lower as well. Correct. These are still remote areas. Yeah. So, we, yeah. To drive it was from... a psycho's picking ground, basically. It was Absolutely. Really yeah, yeah. When you think exactly about it. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to drive from Melbourne to Maryborough a lot, like they had grandparents in, in Maryborough in Queensland. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's up near. Uh, where would that be near? In, I've heard um, I can't place it. Oh, How far north? What's the place? It's, so it's past Brisbane. Anyway, it used to take us about two days to drive there and we would get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and get in the car and drive. We were allowed to have a blanket. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, so, but the reason I I say that, yeah, no dogs in the car. Yeah, no, no, because there were three kids in the back and two parents in the back. Harvey, Fraser Island, Harvey Harvey Bay. Harvey Harvey Bay Bay is where it's at, we used to sit there and play a game whereby we used to watch the cars that came past and yeah, mark yeah. down the make. So whether the it was a Ford place. or a Holden. No, no, because <laughs> – yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so there were that few cars that you could actually you sit there and go – We used to sit with colours. Yeah, yeah, one, two, three, like four. Like tally marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. Yeah, yeah. But you'd go, you know, Ford – 
Holden, yeah. you know, Volkswagen, whatever. And yeah. you, and because there were so few cars, you could actually, because you wouldn't get 10 in a row and go, I forgot what it was. It was like <laughs> one now, oh, here's another one. Oh, my goodness, this might be two. And when I say two, it's like two within line of sight, not to one tailgating the other. And so, yeah, in terms of trying to get away with murder, if you found a car, it's not going to be another one coming for a long time. And that was on major highways. Maybe yeah. 11, killing 11 people in a short period of time is actually harder than it sounds. Well, no, no. So I think on on <laughs> that on that road it's easy, right, because all you got to do is, is find people. Yeah. I mean, God, he, he walked down the, one of the main streets in Darwin and murdered someone. True. All yeah. right, well, what do we think about sentencing then? Yeah, it's interesting. Well, so one of the things I think... Hmm. is that we should introduce a place into trial by wine world that is like the MCG, so a big stadium. Uh-huh. And... Jeez, how much land? In the Coliseum. Speaking and, of all this land in Australia, we've got to buy a huge amount of land for trial by wine world. Well, we've got a, we've got a bit here, so it could start off small and then we can just maybe, if it okay. starts to work, we can expand. Do we want them here? But I feel like the reason for it is that we could have... Cricket Bat World. And so Andy Andy Albury could become a punishment for other people where he just, you know, you you go to watch the cricket and Andy Albury comes up and just whacks you on the head. Yeah, yeah. He's gone. Good good God. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, you're not gone because he didn't murder them. Oh, okay. He, he just, just got a really sore head. But you said it's a, no, oh, okay. got severe brain Chronic damage. headache for he a while. He cracked their skull. So it is a punishment. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, so you could always sentence people to um, watching the cricket with Andy Albury. Mm. But for Andy Albury, Swanee, sorry to do this to you, I would like him oh, because, I know because oh. yeah, I know, but, but because because he's been in prison the whole time, <laughs> mm. then you know, there's not much more that you could wish upon him now. I just wish that he did those forty years without eyeballs, <laughs> and <laughs> so. <laughs> Thought we were headed there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think you know, if we could be take hard them to and, hit someone over the head if you well, can't see them. Well, it'd be a little bit more like you know a kids' party where you have a pinata. Pinata. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. Okay. Goodness, that, that's me done. Go on then. So. If we go right back to the start of the story, or not start, somewhere in the time when the police picked him up and they bought him pies and what was the other thing? Coffee, yeah, coffee and pies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd go pie and beer or coffee and donuts, oh, but oh, not no, surely right? they should have done a pie and a like chalk milk. I was thinking they got that wrong. Isn't yeah, that? Like yeah. Big M, special combo. Big M. and a dare. A oh, big M. That's we like, like footballs, meat oh, pies, kangaroos, and holding cars. Football, meat pies, kangaroos, and holding cars. Simple folk. No idea what that is. Okay. Really? You've never heard that? No. You must know what that is. Anywho, pies and coffee. So, okay, so my, it's not really a sentence, I suppose. I wanted the police to feed him rat sack. When, <gasps> they, when, they, go, when they gave yes. him pies and coffee, I thought, surely, surely you should give this person rat sack uh, or something equivalent. Um, so there was just to get rid of him. But then I thought, well, that's not good because he's already killed this woman in a really horrific fashion. Yes. And, of course, then there's all these other victims that he's possibly killed as well. So I'm going to kind of, I don't know if we've done this before, but I'm, I'm just going to unmake him. He just should never have existed. 
unmake him. Unmake him. I'm just going to wipe him from the face of the earth. He never existed. He never had the opportunity to kill anyone. We would never know who he was. Is that like taking the blue pill in the Matrix? Just wipe. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just wiping him out. So Schmidt, he adds no value to anything. He's just a horrible abomination and should just be removed unmaking. from everything. And he's unmade. Yeah. So Schmidt, if you're God and <laughs> and you're making a batch of humans and then you leave them in the oven too long like muffins and you go, oh, God, these are rubbish now. Oh, I'm hungry now. I'm going <laughs> to... For, for humans or for muffins? For a muffin. Okay, that's all right. But so you, you go, oh, God, these are rubbish. So do you then... to un, You can't really unmake them, so you tip them in the bin or you might give them the dog or you chuck them out for the birds. Are you saying you would put him in the bin, give him to the dog, give him to the birds? Or is there some going back in time thing where he now doesn't exist? It's a going back in time thing where when his parents were having sex, just before his father reaches the climax, someone knocked knocked, knocked on the door and and completely interrupted that whole moment so that he was never created. That's where I'm going with it. Okay, right. Mm. Far, Far less imaginative than... Giving him to the dog or give him to the pigs in a Hannibal kind of way. Mm. I could have had a whole theological discussion with you, that, and I and I thought, no, I'm no going to circumvent that. all that. That's right. And I'm yeah, just yeah. going to unmake him. Give him the pigs. Well, that's the other option as well. Like when he's before he goes to Tirana and before he's killed anyone, you know, have him be the victim of some horrific murderer, <laughs> mm. and we'll tell that story at another time. <laughs> Swanny. Right. Okay. I, I've struggled a bit with this one in terms of I'm trying to view it through the lens of, you know, that time. And so I, I'll, I'll take on board the fact that the, the prison system and, you know, how he was not, because that did disappoint me. But I, I, I think it's only fair that, you know, really it probably reflected the times and where our, what's the word I'm after? What's it called? The, the prison system? There's a word that I'm missing today that I can't yeah. can't get. It's there. I think you tried to grab it at one point. Oh, I said the custody, the custody system, system or something because I was really did. struggling. And I, the Correctional? System. Correctional, that's it. That, I've been trying to get it the whole day and I can't. Right. I think I'm trying to project onto the, you know, 1980s correctional yeah. system, which, you know, which is unrealistic. So instead I'm going to opt to, to go for something else. And the scenario that I can see playing out in my mind is on that evening when he's left the pub full of rum and he's heading down the street in Darwin, at the moment that he ha- happens upon Gloria, instead of allowing him to be able to murder her so viciously, I was thinking that I would have liked something sort of dream time to come into play where, you know, she was, yes. she was you know, something quite mystical happened and then I couldn't quite finish that off. A giant goanna. So no, I was thinking of something beautiful and, you know, the oh. lights and the sky would change, everything, and, and then he would be like <gasps> totally blown away, oh, away by the and, dream time. And realise how beautiful yeah. it is and not be a nasty, racist, horrible Exactly. Right. But then I didn't know that that would be enough. So instead, at that exact moment, there was a donkey sniper that was <laughs> take him out. <laughs> so our, our donkey shooter, whatever his name, got taken down. First of all, he's in by a donkey. Yeah, by the donkey sniper. A donkey is the sniper. Yeah, and I was the sniper. Brilliant. I love that. 
So I thought while he's in this sort of, he's stopped because some magical dream time is like protecting her, you know, there's this sort of aura around her or shield or whatever and he's stunned and at that very moment the donkey that's on the roof across <laughs> the, oh, on the grassy knoll. No. The grassy and then, knoll. And then, and then there's a, <laughs> there's the donkey just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, he doesn't get to harm Gloria or any other donkeys or anybody else. He's just I love it. Clean, clean takeout. Beautiful. Yeah, nice. Well played. The donkey sniper. <laughs> now, for our listeners, about, I don't know. Six weeks ago. Epi- no, no. At about <laughs> episode 15, I bought a series of tiny little weird little gavels. And only because we finally came together at the wedding, I was able to give them to my other trial by So let us say, sentence passed. Oh. Go on, Carla, give it a smack. I That's I it. I, I, yeah, there nice we go. work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the head just flew off my gavel. Oh. Order in the court. <laughs> Why is yours so much bigger, Schmitty? You've got the big bad boy. You've got the barrel. This gavel was dad's. I don't know why. And then I've got All the right. little one. I've got. Well, could you please repair your gavel? What, That's Justice Schmidt? so embarrassing that your gavel's heads have both fallen QC, off. QC, like Justice Schmidt. We'll glue it. It's back again. It's all right. Look at that. Oh, perfect. Put some glue on it. <laughs> Could have oh, had me wow. out. Oh, I really like the Dreamtime slash Donkey Sniper. That was a cracker. <laughs> it was It was a little bit out there for me. No, I, don't I really like it. Yeah, well it. done, though. Really yeah, perfect. <laughs> nice to... W- woven tail there we go mm. it's really good perfect all right well that was awful and fun <laughs> that was something <laughs> awful and fun it was a good return given it's a fine line a... between pleasure and pain <laughs> isn't it, it just is. yes yes all right well as we say miss you already Ciao, Ciao. Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, Trial by Wine. Or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com.